my friend, are listening to Come On Man, a 3% Man podcast. I'm your host, Paul Bauer, and I am on the road to being a 3% man, just like you. If you're new to the show, this is a podcast for fellow students of Cordy Wayne's book, How to Be a 3% Man, and for men who just want to be better in general. We talk about dating, gaining wealth, being happy, and using the law of attraction to get everything we want in life. Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting week of Come On Man. If you haven't done so already, please like, fave, subscribe, hit those notifications. If you're listening on a audio podcast platform like iTunes or Spotify or whatever, and they allow you to give us a five-star rating and leave an actual review, please do that. Those, those star reviews and actual, you know, word reviews help us out in the ratings. It's, uh, it's actually beneficial to us. So uh, if you like our content, then help us out. And if you're on, just listening on YouTube, besides subscribing, please comment below. You know, comments also help in the algorithm. All right. This week, you guys know him. You love him. It's Evan from Performance Potential. He's one of the premier dating coaches on TikTok, and he has a new dating app program that uh, we want to talk about. He's going to show you guys, if you sign up for his program, just how to be absolute top tier on dating apps. Uh, You know, they say that women go for, or like 80% of women go for the top 20% of men on dating apps. He'll show you how to be in that top 20%. You'll have no competition. I'll bring you that conversation right after this. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, (sighs) well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I'm not sure what you're doing tonight, but what I'm doing involves a bottle of Carvassier and a lady. Well, maybe not the Carvassier, but definitely a lady. If you're like me, you're tired of expensive, girly-smelling colognes from expensive department stores. You don't want to smell like a little bitch. You want to smell like a friggin' man. That's why I've partnered with Duke Cannon. Duke Cannon has a wide range of men's grooming products that actually smell manly as hell. My personal favorites are their Naval Supremacy Bar Soap and all of their awesome smelling colognes that women love. I have several of their colognes for different days of the week, but my Saturday night cologne is Grant because it gets the job done if you know what I mean. Right now, if you visit duke.comeonmanpod.com, you get free shipping on orders over $25. Using duke.comeonmanpod.com tells them I sent you and you get free shipping. Win-win. Again, that's duke.comeonmanpod.com. Don't smell like a little bitch. All right, joining me again is probably one of the most balanced and common sense dating coaches out there. You know him and you love him. It's Evan from Performance Potential. What's going on, brother? What's been happening? Great to be back, man. Been super busy lately. A lot of coaching going on, a lot of content creation, but really, uh, really happy to be back here. How long has it been? I think uh, 
Jeez. I mean, we recorded your episode like early in the year and then I, I don't think I posted yours for like three months or something. So, I mean, it's been like, it's been a, a good five months, five or six months, I think. It's been a bit. Yeah, yeah. Everything, everything's been super busy, but it's been good. I know you've been uh, thrown into TikTok jail more than a few times, <laughs> which it's been, it's been interesting to see the progression of that. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily getting any easier to navigate the app, but still, still very worth it. A lot of good content. And uh, I keep seeing you pump your numbers back up every time you're out and you come back in. So I'm excited for you. Yeah, I've noticed certain things with the algorithm. Like I noticed I absolutely can't stitch. Um, and I can't even stitch my own stuff. And that's what the last band I was in, I stitched my own video and immediately the algorithm flagged it. And I was out for seven days. I was like, this is unbelievable. So I, yeah, I've got ways around it uh, and I'm just trying to play the game, but it's hard. <laughs> you got to be very politically correct. We, uh, we know how that goes on TikTok. <laughs> so sad. Um, so anyways, guys, Evan has been working on his new coaching program and it's focused on making men more successful on, on dating apps, right, Evan? Yes, sir. All right. Now, I saw one of your TikToks talking about something similar, but I read today that a, there's a 2019 study that showed that almost half of online users in the US have met or know someone who have met a romantic partner via a dating site or an app. What does that tell you? So what it tells me is it's interesting when I post about this specific content, we talk about dating apps. So, you know, I get one, one of three responses. The first one is, you know, I'm on there. I feel like I'm not getting a fair shake. Like the numbers are against me. This isn't right. The second thing is I'm just not on dating apps anymore. And the third one is I get matches, but I don't know how to convert my matches into dates. And What's interesting that I think about is if you're a guy and you're dating to find a relationship, especially after everything that happened with COVID, everybody, especially women, are on dating apps. It's not as easy to go out and meet somebody in person as it was you know, a couple of years ago before everybody was kind of in their own head about everything, right? When there was no social distancing and people weren't scared to go up and talk to each other. You know, the different states and different countries have a lot of different regulations of being able to just go out and, and be somewhere and talk to people. So the way that I see it is first and foremost, dating apps are tough. Nobody will ever say that dating apps are not tough. But the thing is, like anything in life that's worth it, takes hard work. Eating, eating healthy, you know, takes dedication, hard work. Working out takes dedication, hard work. Making money takes dedication and hard work. If you want to find the right woman or you want to get more options with women, you have to be on dating apps. It's just it's just the simple fact of the matter. And I would say every single one of my clients that I've ever coached, they have been on dating apps. And I think optimizing their profiles and understanding what to say, when to say it, and how to say it is important. And yes, guys, there are a lot of complaints to be made. It does suck. It is harder for us. But if you're a guy who knows how to leverage it, it's a very, very powerful tool in your tool bag. I promise. Yeah, I agree with that. One of the big complaints I hear, uh, you know, coming from men especially is, oh, well, you know, dating apps really favor women, you know, women, uh, you know, they're going after the top 20%. And I'm like, yeah, so why don't try, why don't you try being in the top 20%? Why, why are you bitching about it? And isn't it interesting that that's, <laughs> isn't it interesting that that's how it works in the real world? You know, think about, think about dating apps, like, you know, drinking alcohol. It's going to exaggerate things that are in effect in your regular life, right? It's going to extrapolate things and make them magnified compared to how they usually are. It's the same with dating apps, right? Like 
dating apps are just a personification of the way that it would be if you were going out and talking to women in real life. They're going to pick the guys who seem like the most marketable, the most suitable to be in a relationship. Now it's just different because there are more options. And that's the tough part. How do you stand out in a sea of many men who are swiping on these women? So I think that's the beginning part of it. But then when you match, how do you come across as different than every other guy that's messaging her? Another thing, I know we talk about it a lot too. And again, I'm never going to preach that a guy is overly persistent or blows up a girl's phone. But at the beginning stage and on dating apps, if she has maybe 15 matches a day that come through and you send a boring opener or a boring message and you're just kind of in her inbox, a couple of days later, I'm going to tell you, if you send another message, you do have a relatively good chance of actually getting a conversation with her to put yourself back at the top of the pile, right? So you send somebody an email, they read the email, maybe it wasn't that interesting. Do you think that you're going to make a sale or close a deal if you try once? The bottom line is on dating apps, people don't owe you anything right? Your job is to take the dating app, to make a conversation, to get a date. So if you have to send a couple messages and not sound creepy or weird, you're going to have a better chance of getting a date with more women that you actually want. So a lot of times we got to swallow our pride and you know put in one more effort. Now, what I will say is if you have a woman's number or if you've gone on a date with a woman or you know her personally and you text her and she never gets back to you, I'm not recommending that you double down and double or triple text her. But I'm telling you on a dating app before she knows you, she doesn't owe you anything. And if you want to stand out amongst other guys, you need to not get butthurt about that. And you need to be relatively persistent and say something interesting and show that although she blew you off, it doesn't matter. And you're willing to come back and say something interesting to start the conversation again. I know a lot of guys don't want to hear that, but if you want to get as many options with you can as many as you can with women, you got to do it. It's really that simple. Interesting. Uh, and I think we'll, we'll get into uh, what kind of messages to send here in a little bit, but uh I went on a, uh, a men's retreat back in August uh, with another dating coach, a friend of mine, and it was in Georgia. And he was giving a lecture on dating apps. And he had his wife set up a, a fake profile just to show how women get inundated by messages and yep. and basically how women see it from their point of view. And one of the things that I, one of the things I think he was really trying to to teach us was you know there's he feels like there's better ways to get women outside of dating apps, you know, like with Facebook and stuff like that. But what we all took from it as guys, you know, listening to his lecture was, um, okay, look, women sort of see, a, they get a bunch of messages from guys. Most of them are boring. They're just, Hey, Hey, beautiful or whatever. Um, but they're not even opening them up. They're just looking at it through the preview screen. So you sort of have to, hook them in like seven characters or, or like seven words or less sometimes. Yep. You're completely right. You're completely right because you have to not just be showing up at the top of the pile. It needs to come across as something that's interesting enough, but not gimmicky and easy to respond to, right? Like a lot of guys, you can go and you can Google pickup lines, but let me ask you an honest question. If you were a girl who was like a nine or a 10 out of 10 and some guy who you you know, you saw him as normal or relatively attractive. He sent you a gimmicky pickup line. Do you think a high quality woman's going to answer that? Realistically, do you think she's going to answer that? I'm going to say no. She's not going to, she's not going to answer that. And an interesting thing that I always do when I'm creating content is I, I kind of have, I don't just have the, the people that I've coached as my clients, but I also have women that I know personally and women who I've coached. So when I do certain things, I asked to see behind the scenes, like, what do your dating app messages look like? What, what would you think you would, you would do if a guy sent you this? And again, I know there's a lot of guys out there like, 
don't ask a fish how to fish, right? Well, I'm a fisherman, but I also have some fish too. So I can, I can kind of test it out and see what I think is going to make sense. But when I talk to the most attractive women that I know, and I ask them how they feel about pickup lines, they're like, yeah, it's good for like maybe a quick laugh. And if I think he's super attractive, then I might get back to him. But I also think it's really cheesy. And I'm not going to take a guy seriously if he does that. Those are the very intelligent, very attractive women that most men want to date. And they will straight up tell you, unless you are very, very attractive and you send like a you know a cheesy pickup line, she's probably not going to get back to you. So it needs to be something that is normal enough, but interesting enough to get her to respond where you don't look cheesy or over the top, but it's either seeming very genuine or something that's very tailored to what she might like, right? So that, that's where you have to kind of start to fit the pieces into the puzzle. And again, it's not easy. Like guys can complain about how annoying that is, but at the end of the day, like if you really want to get that super attractive, intelligent woman, it's, it's not easy, right? Like women have the the benefit of being able to kind of hang back and uh, not message. And you and I both know women have zero game when it comes to dating apps. I mean, zero, Look at zero Bumble. Game. Yeah. Bumble. Look at <laughs> zero game. Yeah. Zero game. I, I looked at, I looked back and, and again, a couple months ago before I was finishing up this course. Um, I re-downloaded Bumble. I deleted my profile and I started it over because I wanted to, again, optimize my profile, but see what women sent. I think 85%, I calculated 85% of the women who messaged me, they said something along the lines of, hey, hey, how are you? How was your week? Uh, Evan, how's it going? And only 15% of the other women actually said something that was not that. And I can tell you for me personally, I was much more interested to answer the the women that it seemed like they weren't sending me an opener to a business email, right? Like you have to differentiate yourself a little bit to to get outside of the noise. Yeah, definitely. And we let women do that because we don't care. We're like, oh yeah, yeah we don't care. Yeah, she, she just sends a stupid emoji. We're like, perfect. The, the gates are open. Let's uh, let's get <laughs> let's get to it. <laughs> like she's attractive. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Um, so let's we'll we'll get back to messaging in a little bit. Uh. But let's talk about dating profiles. Um, how important are pictures in your dating profile, Evan? I really do think that pictures are probably 80 to 90% of how important it needs to be. Because again, we're all visual creatures. The number one you know, precursor to a short-term or long-term relationship is physical attraction. It's really just that straightforward. For men and women, it's really just that straightforward. Um, and the reason why I say it's like 80 to 90 percent is the other, I guess I'll say in my mind, 10 to 20% is going to be having a bio or prompts in your profile that are clickable or respondable, I guess is the word I'm looking for. So something that is interesting enough, or maybe a little bit controversial enough to have somebody spark an opinion that they actually want to give you, but also can't be like over the top. I uh, can't be like, I try to avoid, you know, sexual stuff, political stuff for the most part. In these things because again, people can get pissed off and they can take it the wrong way, right? Like somebody could see something as political when in reality, what you're saying is not very political and they could take it the wrong way. And you could go from having a match with a really hot woman to like, she just kind of moves on because she took it the wrong way. So I think that 80 to, 80 to 90% of it needs to be really good, high quality pictures of you doing you know, different things. And then 10 to 20% is going to be you know the bio or the prompts that you, that you have because if you ever want a woman to message you first, you've got to give her, you know, give her some rope here. Like she's not just going to come up with something out of nowhere because she doesn't have to, right? She's got more options. So it needs to be something that's really interesting to them to make them to make them want to click on it. And that's that's one of the Easter eggs. I don't know if I can give away. There's one specific topic in the course that I made that women just 
disproportionately care about than men that men can still talk about that is like i'm all women have an opinion on this topic so i'm gonna i'm gonna have to keep that one close to the vest all right yeah i won't i won't ask you about that so they'll have to check out your course to to get that one so so i did an episode of uh uh, man, maybe a month or two ago, I had Morgan May on, uh, you, you know, Morgan, right? Yeah. I follow and, her. Yeah. So Morgan was on and we were, we talked about profiles and stuff like that. Um, now I'm of the opinion that you can have too many pictures. Uh, one of the, the, the best books I found so far that really talks about profiles is, uh, unplugged alpha by, uh, rich Cooper. And he says, like no more than five pictures. And he goes, you need one like this, one like this, what, you know, and he gives you the five. What's your take on that? Like how, like, can you have too many pictures? I think you can have too many pictures. I forget the the total number that you're actually allowed to have on an app like Tinder. I, I think that I've seen a few, I've seen a few guys that I coach have six pictures on Tinder. I'm not sure if you can actually have more than that. I haven't, I haven't checked back into that, that app in about a month and a half or so. Um, but I think you're right. I think if you have five really good pictures, probably six maximum, but five being a really good sweet spot, I think you're in, you're in good shape. And in my mind, the rule of thumb for pictures that I always want people to have is need you to have one of your full body. doesn't need to be with or without a shirt on. It needs to be you out doing something where somebody can see kind of your presence in your body and your stature. Cause I think that's important. Another thing that needs to be a relatively professional one, doesn't need to be you in a suit and a tie or anything like that, but it needs to be a relatively professional one where maybe you're at a wedding, you're at an event where you look kind of, you know, proper and, and you know, you look, you look like you're buttoned up. Um, I definitely recommend having one where you're doing something that you care about or a hobby. So it could be anything like, I don't know, playing volleyball, you know, running, cycling, something like that, where you're active, something you enjoy doing. Um, and then I also really recommend one that I see that does really well, especially for women who want relationships and who care about like that family dynamic, a picture with people that you care about or a picture with like a family member or like a close friend or significant other, well, not significant other, but somebody who like you're close with in your family, right? Because I think a lot of women see that and they're like, okay, this guy is like a family oriented guy. And I really like this. Um, and then honestly, the last one after that, if you are confident and you feel like you're in good shape, a picture with your shirt off, but this one needs to be strategic. Mm-hmm. You need to be at the beach or on a boat. You can't be shirtless gym picture. You can't do that. So in terms of the no-nos, only one maximum sunglasses pick. I recommend no more than that. No selfies whatsoever. No selfies, no mirror shots. I don't recommend that. And no gym selfies. And I think this is just like across the board. Any woman I've ever asked about this is like, if I see a guy with a gym selfie, that's just kind of weird. And I'm not into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I try to, I try to avoid those. Not, and obviously the other ones you should avoid is low quality pictures, very old pictures. Cause I see, I see a lot of women in their dating apps with very old pictures and I'm not trying to sound rude, but a lot of times women with really, really low quality, older pictures, they've gained a lot of weight and I'm not trying to sound rude. It's just objectively true that if you have very old pictures, there's something that's changed in the past few years that people don't trust. And you want to convey that you're likable, people can trust you, and you're interesting on dating apps. But you need to build in that criteria to your profile. One thing I, I want to add to that, you said no selfies. That comes up a lot on the podcast uh, whenever we talk about this, uh, especially my friend Luke comes on all the time and just shits on anybody that does a selfie. Yes. Um, 
So a lot of guys will complain like, Hey, you know, I'm sorry, but I just don't have a lot of people to take pictures of me. And I always say, Hey, get a tripod, use the timer feature on your phone, you know? And, and that's what I did for my profile pictures. I went out to a park and I just walked around my tripod. People are walking around. I'm like, Hey, <laughs> set up yeah. my tripod, stand there with like a cool pose or whatever and set it for 10 seconds and boom, it looked like someone was taking a picture of me. It's not that hard. Yeah. And I think it's, again, it's important because it's one of those things when, when you get the pictures that you need for your dating app profiles, you don't need to do it again. And really when we, when we think about the return on all of this in terms of the investment of our time and sanity and all this stuff, as many guys who might be frustrated with women in dating, I think most men would admit that they either want to be in some kind of casual or solid relationship with either the right woman or getting options with multiple women. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do this, you're just not, you're just simply not, you're just simply not going to get the options that you want with women. If you're not willing to invest a little bit of time, because this is like marketing, you know, like your pictures and your brand on your dating apps is like marketing. It's the same with social media. I see guys have a lot of success when they have their Instagram or socials linked, not like the link in a description, but when it's actually linked to the profile, because what this does is it shows the woman who's looking at it, that this is the guy that's on this profile. That's the only thing that matters. doesn't matter if she can scroll through your pictures on Instagram. It matters that she, she knows that this is the guy that is linked to this profile. So when he's messaging me and asking for my number, I know he's a real human. And I think that's a very important thing because statistically, when I was working through a lot of the research on these dating apps, women disproportionately admitted that they felt very uncomfortable or men made way too many sexual innuendos or jokes or came on way too strong on these dating apps. I mean, it was disproportionately like double the amount that men had experienced it, that women felt uncomfortable on dating apps in like a sexual or creepy nature, or this guy was doing things that they didn't like. So you need to build that trust and comfortability or they're not going to give you their number. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I want to uh, I want to go back to the bio. You you mentioned the bio and how you you need to basically put stuff in there that women can take action on. Um, I want to I want to ask you what you thought about um, how important or how long it should be because I've always tried to keep my bio short and sweet. I mean, just tell them a little bit about me, but not I'm not writing a, a whole book of my life either. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, no more than two sentences. That's that's kind of my opinion on that. No more than no more than two sentences. You want it to be something. Again, we we need to think about the bios and the prompts as something that is clickable or respondable, where people can see it and they either laugh, get a reaction, pique their interest, want to answer, want to say something. So, and even like a little bit of a humble brag will actually work in there as long as it doesn't come across as too arrogant. Like for instance, um, you could put in there, you know, I'm a I'm a business owner, but I still struggle to you know, sort my socks properly, something stupid like that. But it's like, you get a humble brag in the beginning, but you, you give yourself a little, you give yourself a little bit of a knockdown at the end of it to seem like, you know, comical about it, that you don't take it too seriously, but you're still, you know, you're still bragging a little bit, but again, you want the pictures in your linked Insta, your linked Instagram account or your linked social account to kind of convey the value for you. So if you have something like that in your bio, avoid talking a lot about yourself in your prompts below it because you don't want to come across as arrogant either. But I I mean, we both know that women are going to interact more with men who are confident than men who just, you know, don't do anything. I think women would prefer an arrogant guy over a guy with no confidence whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, I would absolutely I would absolutely agree with that. Um Okay, so 
I want to I want to ask you more about about the the bio and stuff like that, but uh, I think people should probably just check your course out. Um, so so let's move on. Let's say let's say you're you've got your bio on point, you got your pictures on point, and you got your match. How should men open? Okay, what's your, what's your go to? I have a go to, but I want to know what your go to is. Okay, so I'll give you kind of my three step formula or the mindset behind what I'll call like the match to getting their number or Instagram. I mean, Snapchat is not ideal. Some of the younger guys, you know, they'll go for snap, but at the end of the day, if she's going to give you her snap over nothing, take the Snapchat. So in this actually, in my mind works very similarly to the cadence that a a cold approach could kind of work is the first thing that you want to do is you want to pique their interest. The second thing you want to do is convey convey some kind of value. And the third thing you want to do after maybe a couple of messages is close the interaction. So you want to pique their interest, convey value and close the interaction. So there was actually an interview done with, I believe it was the CEO of Hinge. And the CEO of Hinge actually admitted that declarative statements did better than questions as openers to get responses on the app, which for me- what's What's an example of that? So a declarative statement could be something along the lines of, um, you know, Oreos are better than chocolate chip cookies, right? That would be like a declarative statement, right? I wouldn't use that opener. It would sound kind of cheesy. But my point being is when you're making a statement as opposed to asking a question, because if you ask the wrong question, it can seem passive. But if you make a statement, someone's probably going to respond back with a statement or a question based on what you just said. So when I was going through this course and I was thinking about what to say and what not to say, you have to think a lot about sales and marketing because this is all in the same it's all in the same vein you have to have empathy and put yourself in that person's shoes of if someone said this to me would i respond because although men and women are different we are all human beings and we're all going to respond positively or negatively to certain things but the goal is to get a response right the goal is to get a response the goal is not necessarily to make her think you are the the best thing in the world and you're 6'6", 220 and ripped and she's going to come over and pull her clothes off right now. It's to get a response. So that's the goal. So oddly enough, declarative statements, you know, do pretty well with that. And what I see after sending like a solid opener of, you know, there's, there's obviously a myriad of options to do that. I also don't recommend asking more than two questions in a row. Never ask more than two questions in a row if you have to, right? Because what this is also conveying is that you're interviewing her mm. and she's not participating back in the conversation. So say that you you opened up with, you know, would you would you rather, you know, go to the mountains or go to the beach on a first date? And she's like, I'm more of a beach girl. I'd rather go to the beach. And then you're sitting there and that's all she says back. Okay. Right. You're not really going to be able to do much with that other than ask another question. Or if you make another statement about that, if she's not that invested in the conversation, she's not going to ask a question. So that's why I think sometimes statements might do better up front because then they're at least going to answer back with the statement that they believe, or they're going to ask like, well, why do you think that? And you, mm. it's like getting the small yeses and commitments in the conversation is what help get them invested in it. So then one you've either made that statement or you pose a very interesting question up front. You know, you want to give your response and you want to do what I call like basically threading the conversation. You want to thread that into a different direction or something along the lines of like, why do you think that is? I feel X, Y, Z. And then you want to get her buy-in on that conversation. And then when you feel like the conversation has reached some kind of either emotional high or interest point, 
then you have to close the interaction and you have to ask for the number. You have to ask for the Instagram. And again, I've seen this done many ways. The bottom line is if at this point she is interested in you, it doesn't matter how creative you get. She's going to give you her number or she's going to say something along the lines of, you know, maybe I want to talk a little bit more, you know, before I give you my number or something like that, but it's a temperature check. And again, it's like, it's like in sales, like it's like a trial close. You're basically asking for, you're asking for the partnership mm-hmm. and she's saying her objection is, I don't know. I think I need to get to know you a little bit better. So it, again, it's like, you have to follow that process and you can't ask too early, but asking early is better than asking too late. So there's, there's a lot of nuances that go into it. I hear you. I, uh, I typically like to banter back and forth no more than uh, like 10, 15 minutes worth. And that's total. Cause sometimes you'll send a message and you won't hear back from her for three hours or something like that. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so then you're, you're playing this whole, you know, mirror game shit. And then, uh, so I mean, so I mean, total like interaction, total 10, 15 minutes worth. Um, and before I try to find it, some kind of segue to set that definite date. Now, when I do that, and I would say nine times out of 10, I find that segue, you know, say, you know, let's meet up for drinks and they're, you know, cool with that. Then I say, okay, when are you free to get together? Blah, blah, blah. If I go to do that and then a woman says, yeah, I just, I think I want to get to know you. I want to chat a little bit more. I usually take that as a sign of low interest. And usually at that point I, I move on. Uh, what but you mentioned that, you know, these trial closes, what what do you say to that? What to someone like that? Cause I, I also don't want to be someone's pen pal. You yeah, know I, mean? I, I agree with you. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to sit there going back and forth. And again, I don't make a sales sales reference here. You don't want to go back with somebody who's not a qualified buyer. You don't want to kick the can down the road with somebody who is either there for attention or just always un- unsure. So I had a, I had a girl I went on a date with about seven or eight months ago. And it was interesting. She basically said to me, she goes, you're the first person that I've gone on a date with from a dating app ever. And I said, why is that? And she goes, well, a lot of times when I'm matching with guys or I'm having a conversation with a guy on a dating app, it's, it's either very surface level or it's very like, you know, I'm attracted to him, but I don't feel comfortable. Like I don't know him and all this other stuff. And I'm like, well, then why did you agree to go on a date with me? And obviously, first and foremost, you know, she was like, well, I was attracted to you and your profile seemed interesting. But she's like, it just seemed like the conversation was like good timing, but also it was interesting enough. And she was like, I was interested enough to be like, I do kind of want to meet him to see what this is all about. And um, we had matched on like, a, I think it was a Monday and we went out on Wednesday and I was like, well, I didn't really text you in between matching and setting the date in the date until earlier that day. And she goes, yeah, I was nervous. I thought it was, I thought it was going to get canceled. And I'm like, why did you think it was going to get canceled? And she's like, well, to be honest with you, I just feel like sometimes if I don't hear from a guy, like, I don't know if it's off or it's on, but she's like, I've also canceled a lot of dates in the past because I got nervous that he was texting me too much. And I go, that's very interesting. So as you can see in this situation, this girl is very, very skittish and even more skittish about men who communicate too much between the match and the date. And I guarantee you, if I was blowing her phone up all the time for those that day and a half, two days between the dates, 
she probably would have rescheduled it or canceled it because that was the kind of girl that she was. And even after the first date, we had a good time. And I had to be very calculated in my communications with her. And because of that, I didn't want to see her anymore. If I'm being fully transparent with you, because I don't have time to date somebody who's just very avoidant. I don't have time to date somebody who's just like scared or, you know, like feel like you got to walk on eggshells to communicate with her. I want somebody who's going to put in the effort. Right. So just kind of, you also probably don't want to, you probably don't want to have to be so strategic every time you communicate with someone. Cause then it's like, it's too much after a while. Yeah. And you and I both know we've both been in good relationships and we've both talked to great women and we both know that that's not what we're looking for. Right. We're not lo- out here looking to, to game a woman and to convince her and to do all these tactics. It's like, you just want it to flow. And with the right woman, she's going to get back to you. She's going to be chill about it. There's going to be no drama. There's going to be no issues. And this girl was just a lot of issues. And I'm like, I understand, but I was not, not interested. (laughs) Got it. Yeah. There is, I mean, there's something to be said though, about not texting between dates, not blowing your phone up and how that you do need to sort of give women time to wonder about you a little bit that it breeds a little healthy, a little bit of a healthy anxiety, which build, you know, builds attraction. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, if this chick, that chick does definitely sounds like she's an overthinker though. (laughs) <laughs> and I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a good example of that, of the, the conversation, kind of like the, the cadence and, you know, the tactics that we're talking about now. So when she got my text earlier on that day, it was, it was a relief because she wanted to go on the date and she was wondering, well, he didn't text me. Like, what's up? Am I going on the date? Am I not? So when I texted her to confirm, she was like, okay, cool. Then I started getting ready. Now think about it this way. If her and I had been talking 24 seven, all this other stuff, she knows the dates on and she's putting pressure on herself to be like, oh my goodness, is the date going to go well? Is it not? Like, what do I do? I'm in my own head. Cause she was like one of those girls. She's always in her own head about stuff. I took the pressure off of her by not overly communicating with her and putting too much pressure on the date actually happening. I think what a lot of guys do is they obsess about the date happening and talk about, oh my God, I'm so looking forward to this date. This is going to be great. I can't wait to go here. You're so great. This is going to be so much fun. And the girl's like, okay, brother. Like, I don't know you. Like, yeah, <laughs> who cares? Like, I've gone on a date before. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. that excited about the date. I think guys just get super, super excited about women based on their attraction. And they yeah. really put them on a pedestal and get like overly you know, they overly anticipate how good the date is going to go. Yeah, they. I would say men definitely do that. Um, so I have in my notes here, and this is actually a pretty good segue, I think. Uh, so in my notes, I said, okay, so she's agreed to the date. Now what? And my first bullet point here says, should you confirm? Now, like you've been on the, you've been on the podcast before, you know, I'm a Corey Wayne guy. Corey, is absolutely against confirming, but uh, I, in my personal experience, I get flaked on and ghosted on more often than not if I don't confirm. And uh, so I like to follow like Dave Parada's advice on, on confirming. And you said that, so you clearly like to do it a little bit too, but you like to wait till the, like the day of. Yep. So if it's, if it's, Okay. Say that we'll, we'll go based on Monday. So if we match number, set the date on Monday, I recommend ideally the date be on Wednesday or Thursday. I'm not a big fan. Well, I never ask same day because I'm, I'm too busy and I don't want to do same day. It's just, a, it's a bad way to lead in to getting a no when you don't need to get a no. Like you want to build up a good, solid conversation, flowing conversation that's getting those commitments and yeses to her enjoying it and not feeling overly pressured to show up 
you know, in four hours to get ready, like, you know, get anxiety about it. So I don't recommend the same day unless you've already been dating somebody and it's an impromptu date, which is okay if you've been dating for a while. Um, not big on the next day, like tomorrow, unless she brings it up. And again, still usually not big on that. I'll probably push to Wednesday or Thursday because I'm going to be busy. So I recommend Wednesday or Thursday. The only time that I do not personally recommend confirming dates is if it's same day or next day. If it's a Wednesday date and you scheduled it on a Monday, then I recommend if the date is at seven o'clock, maybe sending her a message at 3.30 saying, hey, really looking forward to seeing you tonight um, at 7.30. I'm really excited about it. That's it. You just leave it there and then she'll get back to you and say, me too. That's great. Looking forward to seeing you. Women get anxiety and unnecessary anxiety about whether things are going to go through. And guys do too, because they get flaked on a lot. But women get unnecessary anxiety about, is it going to be fun? How much do I have to get ready? Um, is he going to be a good guy? Like I told my friends about it. Is he going to show up? Is he going to ghost? Things like that. So if it's Thursday, I will text her on Wednesday and make some small talk. Because before a first date, I'm not just going to go three days without texting a woman and expect her to show up. I truly don't think it's going to happen. She's probably not going to show up if she hasn't heard from me because she thinks I'm ghosting her because every other simp in the world is blowing up her phone in between dates. So if I never text her, and again, this is a problem with the simps, not us. If I never text her, she probably assumes I'm not showing up. So I always have to, you know, if it's, if it's two days or more out, I'm either sending a confirmation text or I'm going to send her a text to make a little bit of small talk the day before. Got it. Yeah. I, the reason why I like doing that is, is very similar situation. Um, and I also find too, that if a woman, uh, you know, if a woman is going to cancel the date or, or ghost you or whatever, they were going to do it anyway. It's not because you're texting. And oftentimes if you go to confirm and they say, ah, you know what? Something came up or whatever. And they cancel. Cool. You know, you're not to waste your time. If they don't reply to that confirmation, you know, not to waste your time, you know, so you like, you end up not going to a bar and getting stood up at the end of the day. I feel like it's just a better time management technique at the end of the day. You're completely right. Yep. Um, okay. So you've confirmed it's date time. How should, how should men be acting on the first date? Like uh, body language, for instance. Okay. So I would say first things first, when it comes to communication, because I think you obviously have your nonverbal communication, you have what's actually coming out of your mouth. I think it's important to, to kind of be self-aware of, of how you come off to other people, right? Like if you're really, if your feet and hands are really jittery or you have a lot of anxiety, people can pick up on that. And women are very intuitive. So I'm not, again, I'm not a therapist, so I'm not going to tell anybody how to fix these things, but you need to be very cognizant of how your body language comes off to, you know, to her. You want her to feel comfortable. And one of the ways to make her feel comfortable is if you are relaxed and comfortable in your frame. And I think that's important to have. Now, when it comes to actual conversations, um, this is another sales reference, but questions control the conversation. And asking open-ended questions allows you to shut up and allows her to talk. And this is kind of a Corey Wayne thing too, right? Where he's basically saying that women speak more than men. It's a statistical truth. 
allow her to speak more because when women are speaking more and they're opening up about their feelings, they feel heard and they feel more comfortable. Now, the benefit of this is a lot of times men will get nervous about what to talk about on a date. So if you're asking her the right questions, you don't need to talk as much. So focus on asking the right questions and then pay attention. Does she reciprocate those questions back to you? Because if she doesn't, she doesn't give a shit about you. Like if she's not asking you questions, she doesn't care. And then another Corey Wayne thing that I really like is he's basically like, if you're doing this right on the first and second date, she's going to come back to you and say, but I feel like I don't know that much about you, right? Like, I feel like we've gone out and you're kind of mysterious. Like, I feel like I don't know that much about you. And that is a really, really good place to be. And I think I actually heard this. I mean, I, I mean, I think I heard this in another podcast. I don't watch this podcast too much, but again, they, they do say some interesting things. It's the Fresh and Fit podcast, right? And mm-hmm. I don't know where he got this from or if he, if he brought this up, but I really agree that discovery trumps disclosure. I don't know where he got that from, if that was something that he came up with, but that is such a powerful thing. Discovery trumps disclosure. Would you rather have a woman find out that you own three homes, a boat, and a business by her finding out or by you telling her? Mm -hmm. If she finds out on her own, she's impressed. If you tell her, you're an arrogant dick. So my point is, if you're mysterious and you allow her to ask first and she discovers why you're so great, you're going to look like the man. Like that's, that's the most important part. So I'm not saying be, you know, be, be weird and don't talk about yourself at all. Um, be the 80, 20 rule, right? Like, you know, ask questions, let her talk 80% of the time you talk and get passionate about stuff 20% of the time. And I do think like within that 20%, there should be five to 10% of the time where you're getting super passionate about something where you're talking about something you really like, because that's a huge turn on for women. Like if they talk about, I don't know, not even necessarily like a sport, maybe a sport that you play or a hobby that you have. And you're like, man, a couple of years ago, I had this tournament it was so much fun. Like, that's something I really love. And like, I'm going to try to get back and do that again as soon as possible. And women love conviction. They love when you're really passionate about something, but you can't be too much. You can't be selling yourself the whole time. You need to get really passionate a little bit and then tailor it back because she's going to want to pull that out of you. She's going to want to get that from you again in the future to get, cause it's an emotional rise and she's going to want to get that rise out of you. Gotcha. You know, uh, going back to what you were saying about uh, discovery trumps disclosure, that, that, sort of goes hand in hand with another Corey Wayne thing where he talks about women want to be in a love story and a love story unravels over time. And, you know, she, women need to sort of have that experience of discovering things about you, you know, and if you just tell her stuff, it's sort of like giving her a spoiler or just fast forwarding to the (laughs) end of the movie and it, it ruins it for her. You know, no one likes a spoiler. So you got to like reading your reading your resume, right? <laughs> right. You've got to let her discover this stuff. Um, and then, and you were talking about uh, what did you say? Questions control the conversation. Yep. There was. Uh, I remember I went on a date. Uh, this was last year with uh, with Marine Korchik. Marine Korchik's been on the podcast. Uh, I, used, I dated her for a hot minute last year, and on our first date, she was like super nervous. I could tell. And she just starts bombarding me with questions right away. And, and I immediately flashed to that, you know, like who's ever asking the questions is in control. And so she asked me a question. I said, well, before I, I answer that, let me ask you a question. And then I turned it around on her. And then I started, I took back control of the conversation that way because I saw where it was going. So it, and that's a technique I think guys should 
do and pay attention to. Like if she's bombarding you with a bunch of questions, like you also don't want to feel like you're being interrogated or interviewed. So yeah. you could easily turn that, flip the tables on them and then get them talking about themselves. And then you can sit back a little bit, you know, and do the, do the 80, 20 stuff. And it shows that you care. It shows that you care, right? Like you want to learn more about her. You should be genuinely asking things that you care about. Like you shouldn't be asking her questions about stuff that you don't care about. You should be asking her things because you do want to get to know her and you do care, but also so she feels heard and understood. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is really good stuff, Evan. Let's take a, a quick break uh, so that I can tell these guys how they can take your course at a discount as subscribers to the Come On Man podcast. I often get inundated in my DMs on TikTok and Instagram with guys asking me for online dating tips. How should I respond to this message? How should I set up my profile? How do I start a conversation? Look guys, I'm a podcast host, not a dating coach. That's why I've partnered with one of the best dating coaches in the industry. You may know him as Performance Potential on TikTok, but I know him as Evan. And Evan has come up with one of the best dating app coaching programs in the industry that he's calling the Dating Dynamic. If you click the link in the description and use my promo code COMEONMAN30 at checkout, you will get 30% off the cost of his program because you're one of my listeners. You often hear that 80% of women are only going for the top 20% of men on dating apps. Well, this course is guaranteed to show you how you can be in that top 20%. So quit complaining and do something about it. Click the link in the description to sign up for the Dating Dynamic program today and get 30% off when you use my promo code COMEONMAN30. Again, click the link in the description and get 30% off when you use my promo code COMEONMAN30. Be in the top 20%. And we're back. Okay, Evan, let's say you're on this date, first date. And uh, the date didn't go so well. Or, you know, maybe she showed up and she was a catfish or whatever. Um, I don't know how you feel about that. Personally, I like I look at catfish dates like they show up. They don't look like the way I expected. I'm just like, whatever. Good practice. This is a good practice for all the stuff that we've been talking about. Um, so I go ahead and, and do it. It's over after one drink anyway, you know. Um, but let's say let's say there was that situation or, or just you talk to her and you just don't like her that much. Um, how do you, how do you end a date like that where you don't want to see her again? <laughs> I'm so I'm with you on the, on the one drink. Um, again, I would say 95% of the dates that I recommend a first date at some kind of, you know, drink date it doesn't need to be at a pub or a dive bar. I, I honestly, first dates, I recommend uh, a wine bar. If you like wine, um, I think it's a really good, it's a really good combo of like, it's at a nice enough place. Right. And wine is classy enough and you're having like a classy drink as opposed to being like a dive bar. But again, like if you want to do something different, you know, I think a drink is still you know, ideal and optimal, depending on where you're trying to go. But I agree with you. It's going to be cut off after uh, after one date, and I'm going to be like, "Hey, listen, it was it was nice getting to know you. I've got to be back by 10:30. Got a meeting tomorrow at 7:30 in the morning. It's that simple. I mean, um, I'm not going to be like one of those guys who she walks in. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm leaving. You know, immediately like, screw this. I'm not getting a drink. Like, yeah. I would feel too bad to do that. I would just you know get one drink and I would be I would be on my way. Yeah. I've had guys say, well, you know, cause it, like in Corey's book, he says, uh, I would, I would turn around and not give her the time of day. I don't waste time with people that are like that. You have no integrity and stuff. And, uh, and I've had guys in the comments say, 
well, she's wasting your time. Well, you know, why would you waste, you know, why would you waste money on her or whatever? And I'm like, look, I feel like it's only a waste of time. If you drove all the way out to a venue, you saw her, you gave her a piece of your mind, you went home, you jerked off and played Xbox. That would be an <laughs> incredible waste of time. But if you, if you go there, you were planning on going out anyway. Sure. It's not the ideal situation, but you were going to go out anyway. You know what? Let's have a drink. Let's use this as practice. Practice is not time wasted. You know, there's no reason to be a dick about it. So that's how I look at it. And then, yeah, if, okay, great. You know, nice meeting you. Best of luck in your dating. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck out there. Good luck out there. Out of the back. Yeah. (laughs) Go get him, killer. I mean, anyway, people, hey, people, people are people, you know, unless, unless like she blatantly showed up and was like 150 pounds overweight and didn't look like her pictures. If that was the case, I might bounce, to be real with you. Like if it was a blatant like catfish, I would probably bounce. But if it's a girl who's like 10, 15, 20 pounds overweight or looks different than she did in her pictures, then, you know, I'll just have a drink and I'll move on. And if, you know, she hits me up after the date, I'll just be straight up and say, hey, listen, you know, I'm really not that interested. You're a nice girl. Appreciate getting to know you. Like, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I usually, I like to use the uh, best of luck in your dating thing. I got that from Dr. Glover uh, because usually that's code for, I don't want to see you again. Uh, sometimes women don't get the hint and they'll message me back afterwards. And then I, I'm like, look, I, I'll be honest. I didn't feel a connection, but you know, good luck. Good luck out there. Yeah. Slugger. Yeah. Go <laughs> oh, get him. Next to back. <laughs> so, okay. So uh, obviously that's going to, and actually, I'm going to be honest with uh, some of the guys listening. That's going to happen a lot. You know, you're going to have a, a lot of first dates that don't pan out. Um, and that's why uh, I think most guys in the dating space recommend keeping it low investment with drinks only. Cause I mean, it gets, shit gets expensive too. You know? Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. I'll, I'll ask you this question. What do you think are the differences in expectations between women and men on the first date? And I, I will preface this um, by also saying, never let a woman play on the first date ever, never. Yeah. If you can avoid it, never, ever, ever let her do it. And the reason why that is, is because Again, you're not you're not leading. You're not in your masculine energy. You're not taking charge to schedule the date, which I think 98% of women probably want you to do, whether they say it or not. And the other thing is this: every time I've noticed that a woman has jumped the gun and beat me to scheduling a date, it's an expensive dinner date. And it's not necessarily because she wants my money. It's because she genuinely wants to go to that place, knows that I own a house, have a decent car, and a good job, and knows I can afford it, and wants to go to that place and thinks that she is worth that date. I'm not saying she's not worth it. I'm saying that that is her perception. Mm -hmm. So never, ever, ever let a woman plan the first date because it's your job to lead, plan the date. You should probably pay. I'm going to tell you to pay because it's just what's expected of society. Just pay and shut up and get over it. But never let her plan the date because I promise she's either going to pick something that you don't want to do that's boring or it's going to be expensive. So anyways, I'll go back to my question. What do you think are the expectations that men have on a first date and the expectations that women have on a first date? Oh man, that's a, that's a tough question. I think there's a lot of guys in the comments section that their expectations get laid on the first date. Uh, that's not mine. My expectation when I go on a first date is, uh, I really just look at it like a chemistry test. I want to see if I like her or not. Um, woman's expectation. Gee, I don't know, man. This that's a that's a deep question. Let me. I want to know your expert 
uh, take on that. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody, I think everybody is a little bit different. And what I always have to control myself from doing is judging women based on social media, because mm. <laughs> if we judged women solely based on the videos we saw on social media, um, all men would be selfish pigs and all women would be half naked dancing on apps and disrespecting men and demanding men to pay their bills. So I, I have to remember to tell myself to not pay attention to everything that I see on these apps before I start hating mankind because <laughs> we get the worst portrayal of everything possible on social media. Sure, but sure. I think that a lot of women have an inflated opinion of what they're going to get on the first date. Um, and I do think, and this is an unpopular opinion, you know, that women would probably wouldn't want to hear, but women want to be treated traditionally and they don't want to act traditionally. It's just very true. And I think it's, it comes down to the fact that people are very selective about when they want to be some kind of justice warrior on equality, meaning no woman wants to pay on the first date, but at the end of the day, not many women nowadays want to behave like a traditional woman. And women nowadays make a lot of money. I don't date women that don't have jobs. Mm-hmm. So it's like a very interesting dynamic. And women get pissed at me when I talk about paying on the first date. Like I'm going to pay because I planned the date. I picked it and I wanted to go. Um, but I don't feel as if I legally have an obligation to pay. Nobody's entitled to other people's money unless you're married or in a relationship or whatever. So I do think that there are a lot of women who want to almost be like swept off their feet with this chivalrous, whatever. I can't accept a coffee date on a first date. If you've ever seen that viral video that went around with Coco beauty or whatever her name was. I did see that one. Yeah. And I, I just think it's, it's very interesting. Like what makes you entitled to an amazing dinner date on a first date, just showing up and looking good. Like I'm going to show up and look good too. Thanks for, thank you. Like that's good. You know? So, I think that there is an inflated expectation of women still want this Prince Charming type guy, but they're not necessarily doing that in return for the guy. So I don't know. It's just very hard for me to wrap my head around expectations. And any woman who... So for me personally, I don't go on coffee dates on a first date because I do feel as if it's a little bit non-romantic. In in Corey Wayne's eyes, I'm trying to build a romantic attraction and chemistry on the first date. That's my goal, personally. (laughs) Um, Not trying to be friends with somebody on the first date. I can go hang out with my friends and buy them dinner if I want to be at a friend date. Um, so that's why I'm not a big fan of coffee as a, as a first date. But, you know, I also don't think I'm going to be expected to pay a million dollars on the first date either. So it's just, it's kind of, I think, an interesting double standard of what men and women will actually are expecting on the first date. I've only had a situation like that, that relates to that once. Uh, I met, I matched with this gal in Montrose. And I always, my go-to is a, is a drink date. Typically, you know, like meet up at a bar in whatever town I'm in, I have my go-to place for my first date. And I do the same date every time because, you know, repetition is (laughs) the other skill. Yeah. (laughs) So me too. So I said, okay, well, once you meet me at the uh, the horse fly at 7 PM on Thursday and she goes, she, at first she was like, yeah, that sounds good. And she goes, you know, I sort of, uh, I'm a little disappointed. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, I think, you know, men these days just, uh, aren't trying hard enough. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, 
I feel like guys don't want to take ladies out to dinner and blah, 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 whatever. And I was just like, I just unmatched her right then. <laughs> Cause I was like, I was like <laughs> you were just out. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, I, I like at that point I was spinning plates. I had options, you know, it was like, I don't need this bullshit. You know, like we, ha- we have a drink date. You, you need to earn a dinner date, you know, like I, I don't just, I don't just owe you a dinner date. So yeah. I agree. I think there's a little bit of a, there's a little bit of a disconnect and expectations. Um, let's talk about another one on the first date. Um, uh, picking, picking the woman up on the first date. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I, I don't like doing that typically. Uh, because like a lot of what you were saying about how women need to feel sort of, uh, safe, um, you know, especially on dating apps, you know, they don't know you. Uh, so I don't offer to pick someone up for a first date. I like to meet them out in town at a public place where, you know, and also at the same time too, if I don't like her, I don't want to have to like also now drive her ass back to her house. So I prefer meeting out in town for a first date. Uh, but if it's a second date, Definitely. You know, I'm like, okay, yeah. Where's your, where's your place out? I'll pick you up at this time and we'll go, you know, where and I like to do mystery dates and stuff too. Yeah. Good point. I definitely do not advise picking up on a first date unless you know her, unless you know her already. And she explicitly, or it makes sense logistically that her place is on the way or very close to where you are going to drinks, dinner, uh, wherever. Um, so I, I, I definitely agree with you. I don't recommend picking somebody up on the first date. Now I can think within the last year and a half, I did pick up one girl on the first date and, um, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a trap. Um, it didn't, I'm not saying it resulted in being a trap, but her asking me was a trap. And I really had to assess the situation to think why, you know, cause she basically said, um, cool. It's going to be here, this, that, whatever. And we got to texting a little bit too much, right? We got a little bit in the weeds and texting too much. And she wanted to keep the conversation going. So she said, um, are you going to pick me up or should I meet you there? And in the context of the conversation, I knew that she wanted me to pick her up. Mm-hmm. So I did. And I agreed. But here's why there's two or three reasons I recommend not picking somebody up on the first date. The first one is, again, you you don't know her. You want her to feel comfortable and you want her to have the autonomy to stay or to go. So say that the, first, the beginning of the first date went really well. We go to a second place or we want to go back to somebody's house. And I say, um, hey, listen, if it's not past your curfew, let's keep hanging out. Like I always say that it's like my little fun dig. I'll be like, hey, if it's not past your curfew, like why don't we keep hanging out? Let's have another drink. Let's go back to my place, your place, whatever. You know, check in. Mm-hmm. And um When I ask that and I am not driving, they can do whatever they want. If I'm driving, that's not fair. If I'm driving, like, hey, you want to come back to my place? If you're not past your bedtime, if I'm driving, like they don't have a choice. That's messed up. I don't feel comfortable doing that. The second thing is the first interaction you have with a woman should not be her sitting to the side of you in your car. That's weird, right? Like when you, when I meet somebody, I want to like walk up. They see my presence. I hug them. They see my height, my stature, how I act. I don't want to be in a car, get out of a car, open the door like a chauffeur, let her in my car and sit, have her sit next to me while I'm driving, trying not to bump into somebody while I'm trying to have an engaging conversation with her to my right while finding the place, right? It just doesn't make any sense. I just definitely don't recommend picking up a girl on the first date. But the problem is we have these, some women have this old school mentality. It's like, if he doesn't pick you up on a date, he's not a 
gentlemen. It's like, eh, not really. Most women don't want to be picked up. And if you don't communicate what you want, you're not going to get what you want. So don't like project onto men what, what you expect out of them if you've never said it. Yeah. I've never, I've never had an issue with, uh, with telling a chick to meet me somewhere out in town on a first date. Never, never had an objection about that. I would feel, I would, I would think that most women, if you said, Hey, where's your place? Let me pick you up. And it was on a dating app. I think most chicks would get creeped out by that. Honestly. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> They're like, what, what sure. the, what the hell? Like we haven't even met in person yet. <laughs> and you just want to just, I want you, I'm going to give you like my address where I live. Yeah. I don't, I, I definitely think that's a bad bad juju. Um, you know what? One thing that almost no one talks about Evan is, uh, what to do after that first date. So that was always a big, I finally figured out a formula that worked for me. Uh, but in like Corey Wayne talks about, okay, you have your date, then you wait an entire week and try to reach out. That never worked for me. Um, I finally found like the sweet spot. Um, but I want to know what your take is. Like, what do, what do you recommend to guys? Uh, let's say the date went well. They want to ask out for a second date. I know, um, I would imagine you also don't recommend trying to set that next date while still on the first date. Cause that comes across as needy. So let's say they don't do that. They're, they're, they're playing that game. Well, they go home. Do you recommend texting when you get home? Do you recommend not texting for three days? Do you recommend texting the next day? Like what, what do you recommend? So you're right. Um, do not schedule the second date on the first date. And the very important reason for why that is, is you want you want to give her the space and time to be able to be like, hey, I had a really good time on this date. You, It's kind of like in sales and you're in a conversation or you're negotiating. Sometimes the first person to talk is the one who doesn't have as much leverage or the one who loses. And the reason why I say that is not to sound like manipulative or like you're playing a game, but at the end of the day, if you don't give a woman space and time to tell you how she feels, she's not going to tell you. And then you're just the one consistently saying, well, I had a good time. Do you want to hang out again? When can I see you again? When in reality, she could be feeling that way, but you will never get the confirmation that she's feeling that way if you don't shut up. You know what I mean? It's like the contract's on the table. You put it out there, shut the hell up. Let the person tell you if they want to buy it or not. Don't say Okay, you looked at it. How does it look? Um, is it too expensive? Can we talk about it? No, it's like it's on the table. Relax. You know, with Corey Wayne, the James Bond thing. Chill out. James Bond isn't gonna be begging for a second date on a first date, right? He doesn't he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's gonna move on. So we also have to keep in mind that the simps have definitely ruined the dating community. And people who are 27 and younger or 30 and younger, everybody now is on their phone 24-7. If you blow a girl off for a week after a date and she's hot and got options, you're out. Like it's just that simple. And that old school take, unfortunately, doesn't work unless this girl is so interested in you that she's willing to overlook the fact that you blew her off for a week. Because I do think it is blowing somebody off if you don't text them for a week after a date. If you had a good time, like be your genuine self. Don't sit around for a week with your, you know, with your timer and you're ticking away and you're like, oh my God, when can I text her? It's like just be normal about it. So what I find is I almost, I, I will never text the girl that night after the date because seven or eight times out of 10, or even like even more when you get really good at that first date, she will text you first after the date and say, Hey, again, like really had a good time. Like, thank you for taking me out or thank you for buying drinks or thank you for dinner. Right? like, I had a good time. Thank you. And smart women will do that because they know that smart men will pick up on that and say, 
hey, great, get some rest. Let's hang out at a different time too. Had a great time with you as well. And then that starts the clock starting over again of the smart man picking up on that scent or that lead to schedule the next date. So if she doesn't text me that night, if I know it went really, really well, like because sometimes you just know, I'll text them later on in the afternoon the next day, but that'll be the earliest that I will text them. If I think it went average and it would say the date was on Tuesday, I would give them Tuesday night, I would give them all Wednesday, and then I would text them on Thursday. And I would try to bring up something that was semi-interesting or something interesting to talk about or something random that happened that day. I wouldn't be like, so did you have a good time the other night? I wouldn't say, oh, I just want to check in on you. I haven't heard from you. I would just brand new conversation, status quo, re-engage after three to five messages back and forth a piece, then I'm going to schedule that next date. And I'm going to say, hey, listen, again, great seeing you on Tuesday. Um, I'm sure you're busy this weekend, but I would really like to get back together with you again this coming Tuesday, it's really one of my only free nights next week. So let me know if that works for you. And that way we're kind of working our way back into the dating process once a week for the first couple of weeks. Um, I would say after this third week, you can go on a couple of dates a week. Like no need to be rigid about that. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I was, uh, man, I struggled with that. And I, and I'm one of those guys that um, I like to take what someone says, you know, like a, a dating coach says, do this. And I will try that out on multiple women for a period of time and just sort of look at it scientifically. Okay. How, did this work well most of the time? Or did this like not work for me? Or did I suck at this? You know? Yeah. And uh, before I, I try something else and what, what I ended up doing was uh, doc, Dr. Glover's sort of method, which was, um, you know, you don't text them that night, much like you said, and then you wait, basically the entire day, the next day till like the end of the work day, basically it's maybe like 6 PM or something. And then you just, you shot him, you shoot him a message then saying, Oh, Hey, just wanted to let you know, I had a great time last night. And that, you know, basically that's it. Leave it at that. No need to go into a big, long conversation, but that gives them a full day to wonder about you. Then they, they also don't have all this anxiety like, Oh, did he have a good time or not? She's like, Oh, he did have a good time. <laughs> And then you wait another like two to three days to set that next definite date. Like and, and you're, the way you said it was, a, I think, a, a really good way of of doing that. You know, new brand new conversation, and then sort of feeling out like when she's free to get together. I think that's I think that's great. Yeah, because you're just you're just reengaging. And again, when you don't have that scarcity mindset, and you're not really desperate for that next date. You're just kind of taking it in in stride and you're taking it for what it's worth. And a lot of times I'll wait to see some kind of indicators of interest before I'm then again going to set that next date. And if the conversation is dry and she's not giving much to it, I might just never text back and just move on. You know, it's it's that simple, right? Because I, I don't want to, I'm not going to ask her out again or pressure her into a second date if I can just tell the vibe is not there because, you know, guys like you and I who've been in the dating game for a while, we know when women are interested and we know when women are not interested. Um, so there's no reason to try to convince a, a moderately interested woman to try to fall in love with you when you have women who are already interested in you, willing to date you. It's just like, move on. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter. I'm I'm a huge advocate of uh, walking through open doors, you know, it, not trying to bang on closed ones. It's just a waste of time. A waste of everybody's time, you know? It's more of a fun experience. Why would you want to date a woman that puts in no effort? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we're a little over an hour. So let me just ask you, what else can we expect from your course? 
Yeah. So specifically, I think the most important thing for guys to understand is that I will give you the openers that will work, like psychologically backed openers that will work to get women to either answer that question if you're asking a question or to give a good comical answer back to the statements that I'll give you to make about what's going on with their profile. But the important thing to understand is that's 10% of what's important. Like me giving, giving the blueprint of what to copy and paste is important. But the most important stuff is understanding the rules of communication on what to say, when to say it, how to say it, and when to close the interaction for a date. So I'll kind of close off with an example of one of my clients. His name is Robbie. He's a really solid, solid guy. And, uh, you know, not a super attractive guy. He's an attractive guy, but he, you know, he would, he would be like, you know, I was average on dating apps. He would admittedly say that he was average on dating apps. He's like, when I implemented the different rules of communication and also shortened the time frame a little bit um, in which he would ask for the date, he's like, I was on dating apps for a month and a half, got zero dates. Within the first week and a half of doing this, I got three dates. So it works. You just have to correspond with women in the way that they want you to correspond with them. Like you need to pique their interest. You need to convey value, intelligence, a little bit of humor, whatever that means for you and close the interaction for the date. Women do not want to be on dating apps forever, but without like the recipe and the blueprint of like what to say and where to start, that's where most men get stuck. So like, it's important to know the openers to say just to get started. Cause that's the first part of the battle, but the biggest part of the battle, which is like two and a half modules within the course is the communication, the importance and the necessity to communicate the right way and at the right timing, because that's really the most important part. And that, that goes all the way into regular texting, DMs, and dating apps. So I think that's really the most important part of the course to me. Because again, the openers, you get in there, you can copy and paste those. You don't need to think about it anymore. But the real thing to pay attention to is the rules for communication, because that will transcend through the whole dating process. So I think that's the most important part. I think that would be really helpful too. I think a lot of guys, you know, besides the whole dating profile stuff and, uh, you know, what, what do I say? A lot of guys also get hung up on uh, they feel like they have to build rapport with women for days on end before they get to the point and ask for a date. Like, look, we're on a dating app to meet people in public. <laughs> That's so you need to cut the shit and do that. And I think, I think a, a course like yours could help a lot of guys cut out all the nonsense and get to the brass tacks and they'll have a lot more success that way. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be a better outcome for everybody involved because at the end of the day, if you're a solid guy, and the only thing that's that's kind of getting in your way of getting the dates from those matches that you have is either not knowing what to say or not knowing how to say it or when to say it. This just gets all that out of the way for you. Like it's literally, here's what you say. Here's when you say it. Here's what you say when they say this, because there's only a certain amount of things you're going to say back. And then here's how you trickle that into and thread it into a conversation where you set the date. And then obviously, you know, as you get into the first date, that's a different, uh, different challenge to tackle and a different part of the dating process. But again, like you got to, you got to get on the field before you can play the game, right? So that's the way that I look at dating apps. They're not always fun, but if you know how to use them, you're going to optimize your chance of having success and meeting a good woman or meeting more women if you want something casual. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so Evan, I'm going to put the information in the uh, description where where people can go to sign up for your course and also how they can get a get a discount because they they found out from uh, from my podcast. Uh, but besides that, where can, where can people find you online? 
Yeah. So you guys can find me on TikTok. I think it's the best place to start. Uh, again, performance underscore potential. I've actually been on Instagram a little bit now, reposting some some reels on there too. Um, but the links for everything will be um, on my TikTok account. And it's really that simple and straightforward. As I continue to you know build out more of a brand and you know some additional courses, I think down the road what I'm going to do it's going to be more of like a five or six week masterclass for only like a select group of guys. And what I find interesting that's going to be a really good outcome for my clients in that regard is say that you came to me and you said, "Man, I really struggle getting from the first date to the second date, and I haven't really identified why I cannot get to that point." Now we're talking about one topic amongst the like 30, 35, 40 guys that I've selected for that basically that class, um, that class for that like five or six week period. And we're having a Q&A, not just between you and I, but between you and I and 35 other men who have submitted their questions about that topic. So the amount of learning that happens is like incredible. So that's something that I'm going to be finishing up with within the next few months. Uh, the first part is the dating app course, because I think guys need to, again, get on the field before they can play the game, right? So then once they're in the game, phase two will be will be that more intensive kind of masterclass setup and like educational scenario where the guys can get in, you know, get in and, and learn from each other and also have a community of other men that are going through the same things that they can lean on and they can lean on me to uh, to work directly together to get it done. So that's kind of what's coming down, coming down the roadmap. So I'm sure as things progress with that, I'll keep you in the loop. I don't know. I don't know how if guys really understand how beneficial something like that is. Uh, if you have a bunch of other guys that are in the game and you're comparing notes with these guys, uh, what worked for you? What what didn't work for you? Like sometimes, you know, Evan will give you some really great stuff. And he, if you watch his TikToks, he has a plethora of great stuff. But sometimes uh, the other students will find little things that Evan might not have thought about. And they'll say, this worked for me really well. And you can run with that too. And, and stuff like that is just so helpful. I have, that's why I love talking to guys like Evan and other guys in the dating space, because I learned so much just from other guys that are in the game, you know, it's so, yeah, I would highly recommend getting involved with that for sure. Yeah. All right, Evan, thanks for, thanks for spending the evening with me and I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. You too, man. It's a pleasure as always. All right, brother. I'll talk to you later. See ya. Evan, as always, thanks for coming on. You're welcome back anytime. This is now your second time on the podcast, which is awesome. Hope to have you back in the near future. If you guys are interested in Evan's dating app course, I put all the information on how to sign up and how to get your discount because you're a come on man listener in the description. So check that out. Other than that, we'll see you guys next week.